The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by Mad Mushroom, home of the original cheese sticks. Proudly serving Purdue's campus, Mad Mushroom offers Boilermakers amazing pizza, cheese sticks, wings, grinders, and so much more. Next time you visit, tell them Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by Webb's Family Pharmacy. Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, and North Manchester, Indiana. Webb's is happy to announce that they are providing flu shots by appointment right in your car. Simply call to set up an appointment and their friendly and caring staff will be happy to help you. For all of your high quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services, check out www.webrx.com or give them a call. Webb's Family Pharmacy the professional pharmacy with the hometown touch. The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact Mitch Melton today for all of your landscaping needs at 317-694-9763. Shroff Landscaping, design with you in mind. This is Carson Edwards from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. Look, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellett and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. Four in motion. They get it to him. Four in space. A burst of speed. A first down for Purdue. He's still going. Moore cuts back. Touchdown. It is intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey. What's going on, everybody? Tanner Lee here with Evan Webb and Andrew Eiler joining me, like always, for another edition of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. I don't even know where to begin on this one. What else? This one sucks. (laughs) I've been trying to go through my head all day today. How am I going to start this? How are we going to get into this? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's should we just come out and address the big elephant in the room right away? I guess Purdue got hosed. That's putting it very nicely. Um, I'm watching my language of what I really want to say. <laughs> yeah, I've I've watched the replay of the play many, many times, different angles. Um, the only angle. The overhead angle on the, I think it was the press box side, does show that Payne Durham's arm extended, but you can't tell if you made contact or not. I think there was another sideline angle where they showed that, and he was, and he didn't make contact. But then all at the same time, the Minnesota guy is grabbing his arm in that same yes. camera angle. So, and that happens on every single freaking play. Yes, it does. Just like holding happens on every single play in football, and you. It just comes down to this. You don't call that at that point of the game. With 50 seconds left in the game when he just blew past him. 
And, and he waited to, unless his flag got stuck in his belt, he waited to throw that until Payne caught the ball. Then the flag came out. It was, a, it was a joke. It was a pretty, tip, pretty typical Purdue loss or Purdue way to lose. Um, though it happened the next play with the interception that Rondo Moore was tackled on, but oh well. It was a typical, I guess, heartbreaking Purdue loss, but I cannot remember – Purdue ever losing in football at the end of the game due to a call. I just meant like heartbreaking as in like a, a standard way to just have your heart ripped out. Like, oh, Purdue sure. won the game. And then it's like, oh, never mind. Sure. Um, yeah. I It just, I mean, for, first off, Purdue should not have been in, in that position. Purdue no, should have won true. this game pretty easily. Um, blocked kick, uh, missed kick. So they shouldn't have, it it shouldn't have came down to that, but still. It doesn't um, matter. They, I I get that. Like I've seen all those arguments of like, yeah, it's true. It shouldn't have mattered, but still it was that one play Purdue did enough to win. They won the game. Yeah. It, it, it just sucks because the record shows we're two and two and not three and one. And that's a big difference. That's a huge difference. I mean, it's, that keeps us within striking distance of the West. Yeah. Things would still have to break our way. Big time, but now the West is gone. It's, there's no, there's no chance of getting the West. So now your goal is okay. Well, win the next three, including the Indiana game. So you get the bucket back. Win the next three, go five and two, and then who knows after that championship weekend in a, in a bowl game. Presuming bowl games are played, but yeah, it's a big difference. Three and one and two and two. Uh, Webby, since mm-hmm. uh, you're back with um, technical, difficulties. technical difficulties, what? I mean, we we're, we've kind of just been covering the horrendous call. I mean, literally the worst call I think I've ever seen in a football game. I yeah, I, I, I did. Of, I, I, I did. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Tan. No, I was telling Andrew there was one angle. I think it was above and it was on the press box side that uh, Payne Durham's arm was extended, but you couldn't tell if contact was being made. And even if it was, the guy was grabbing Payne's arm. Yeah, that was the thing. Is I mean, I, I did see because the people who were, of course, the the crowd that was saying, "Well, uh, they were posting that it was a pass interference, you know, easy call," which is calling it, it's bullshit. Um, the angle I did see, I did see Payne Durham have his arm out, but I mean, I I feel like with that, I mean, yeah, like you said, Dan hit the defender's arm was also grabbing him. Um, it's I feel like that was just kind of a just a football play. I mean, it, I feel like nothing was really, I don't feel like what Payne did really gave him an advantage. I think he just beat the defender. I mean, even when you, when the play ended, you didn't see the defender, you know, crying to the official that he got, you know, pushed. At least that's that, that, that I saw. And I think that's pretty telling too. If the defender didn't even, didn't even try and sell it. If it, if it was a true, um, I know for me, when we, when we passed that, I was like, I was like, I was running around my living room. I was pumped. Um, and then I, the, the announcer just said that, oh, it's it's not going to – one guy's not going to count. And I thought maybe, like, he dropped it or something or maybe didn't get a foot in or whatever it was. And then they said the then they said the call, and we saw the replay. And I was – it took every ounce of – especially after the pick, I about snapped my phone. Like, I was – like, I, I cannot remember a play that had me more furious than that play just because of the fact that it was completely – like, it was bullshit. 
He just told, and I mean, and Webby, you mentioned the the defender not really reacting, like he got pushed. I think even they there was an interview after, and they asked mm-hmm. him about it, and what it, his response was like, "Yep, the ref made a call." He kind of smirks when the ref called it. So. Yeah, yeah, which is a great way to answer that. I mean, that was yeah. great on his part, but yeah, it's an NFL um, <laughs> A few, I mean, Twitter, of course, just blew up Friday night and, and into Saturday. National mm-hmm. talking heads and everything. I just wanted to read a few tweets that I retweeted myself. One of from Scott Van Pelt. He said he would set up a GoFundMe to pay sure. whatever fine Brom gets for whatever he says or does after what was just done to his team. That's as bad as calls I've ever seen. Fran Freshilla works for ESPN, covers basketball, especially international overseas basketball. Say this very rarely, but the official who just called the pass interference on at Boiler Football tight end should be given the season off. That was painful to watch. Our buddy Dan Dockage. <laughs> if I'm Brom, I'm possibly getting suspended for my postgame comments. And that was just a couple of many, many, many. And and I I didn't watch us. I I followed the IU Ohio State game for I don't know reasons to hopefully that didn't didn't, didn't work out. I was hoping to watch Ohio State dominate, and that didn't happen. We can talk about that later. But uh, apparently they were talking about that still. I heard Tim Brando started off whatever game he was calling about or talking about the pregame or whatever about how bad the call that was. I mean, it seems like it was pretty unanimous among college football that Purdue was being talked about that getting screwed for. I mean, when you have sports books, I'm not sure that's the right term, but like places yeah. like FanDuel and those, like when those places who are taking your money for gambling refund you because of a of, of a questionable call, that's when you know that it's <laughs> probably wasn't the right call because you don't you don't see them do that very often. Um, go ahead, read this, Tan. Yeah, and on Periscope here, Kent Schultz. I hope I pronounced your last name right. If not, I apologize. Will the Big Ten Conference la- launch a formal investigation into the action of side judge Mac? Cooker. Um, nope. I don't think they will, but he shouldn't be able to uh, ref another game, officiate another game this year. And he's has a track record of screwy finishes calls. with Minnesota, Minnesota. involved. Minnesota Fresno Minnesota. State in 2018. He gave Fresno State a sideline interference penalty late in the game that extended the Minnesota drive. Minnesota ended up winning that game. Um, he's from St. Paul. He's from St. Paul. Yep. Minnesota. So. <laughs> Like I said, it shouldn't have came in, it shouldn't have came down to that, but it doesn't matter. You don't call that in that moment. You just you just don't. You don't. That yeah, officials the, are you're taught to not uh just from my be a part of the game, become be part, part yeah, of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, part of the game. Um I remember like when I was at Purdue, I was an intermill ref and uh my little person who ran intermills, he's now an NBA official full time. He always told us that officials, whether it's basketball, football, a baseball umpire, you know, you're not supposed to affect the outcome of the game. You I mean, obviously, you call what you call, um, but do not, you know, if you're going to call it, make sure you, you know, especially late in the game, you better be damn sure that it's that it's the right call because you you do not want to be the first. The reason that the outcome is affected, and that's exactly what happened with this one is that I mean, like like we can argue, go back and forth of I know you guys were talking about when I pop back in, but of you know, yeah, obviously we could have you know. Not got not picked the low kick at the at the end of the first half, and that maybe not wouldn't have mattered. But I mean, at the end of the day, Purdue made the plays to take the lead um, mm-hmm. when it did, and that was uh, called back on just an absolute phantom, awful call. <clears throat> I know we always we'll complain about the officials in our group text, but 
I feel like we're all all three we we're, we're pretty big about not blaming games on officials um, for the most except, part, except this one. Except this one, yeah. This like, is I the mean, I, 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 mean hate, I hate I hate blaming games. Like, no, if you know, we talked about. I think I'm not sure. We somehow the Virginia game got in our. Got, we were talking about like heartbreaking losses. Oh like, yeah, which one? Yeah. yeah, which a bunch of worse. Like I'm okay with a player making a play and beating us, mm-hmm. or maybe if, you know, I feel like the discussion of did Purdue do enough, you know, beforehand. I think that would have been more, you know, had we, you know, uh, went up for a, a, a field goal to tie at, at regulation, we missed it. Then you can argue that it shouldn't have come down to that one play because we could have done enough to do that, or to, could have done enough going leading up to that play if we had like if it had come down to just a player you know, making a mistake, maybe a drop touchdown or whatever it is. But just the fact that it was, we caught the, you know, we threw a pass. It was a great play, great throw, great catch. Um, mm-hmm. Payne just beat him outright, just just beat the defender. Mm-hmm. And it was called back. Is that's just what is just so infuriating that it was, you know, the players did what they were supposed to do and someone with the whistle decided to change it. Skip, who um, is a constant, um, Viewer on our Facebook page, and we appreciate that. He said, held Payne's forearm for ha- stride half once he got past. Yes. Um, we want to talk about other penalties, too. We can get to the next play when we threw the interception. Moore got held. Yep. Yep. He got same, tackled. Yeah, he got tackled. He got freaking the same, tackled. The same play where we threw the touchdown. Uh, there was just a blatant miss roughing the passer where Plummer got, you know, the ball was clearly out of his hands and Plummer got. That was nailed. on the pass interference. Yeah, play. yeah, yeah. So it's on the same play. And yeah, probably questionable calls. Skip also I, says Neil roughing call on Northwestern uh, quarterback was equal to my frustration. That was back in season opener in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a frustrating one too. Um, Big Ten officiating is not good. It, it, I was watch. I watched a majority of the Big Ten games yesterday. And there was horrible calls all over. Not not to the extent of the Purdue one. But there was horrible calls um, all over uh, the place. How yeah. I yeah. Speaking of, there was one uh, the IU wide receiver who just torched Ohio State. Fried Frogel, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, on one of his last touchdowns, where he like jumped off the Ohio State guy. It went like sixty-five yards, and they called defensive pass yep. interference. Yep. Or the play. I was like, wait, what? And like, we can get into again. We'll talk about it later too. But just the like, questionable play calling by Ohio State at the end. But yeah, was, that was the bad. fourth down where it was a you know, as Andrew you said in, in our group text, it was you know, the definition of targeting on Justin Fields. Oh, yeah. Just got which is like, one of the faces of college football. Yeah, where, I mean, he's you know, in, in basketball, certain players get superstar treatment. Football. You would think a star quarterback would, but projected number to pick probably. Ohio State should have kicked the field goal, anyways. Yeah, um, that yeah. was re- yeah. stupid. Um, and, and, and that was such an easy play to make, just throw it underhand, but whatever. <laughs> I thought Fields was horrific yesterday. I thought yeah. he took himself out of the Heisman race. I thought he played terrible, but uh, we can we'll get, get to that, that later. Yeah. But uh, this is definitely a Purdue game that Purdue fans probably will never forget, or it'll be a long time. This is going to be talked about. Freaking PJ Fleck in Minnesota. Yeah. This is going to be talked about up there with maybe not in the same category, like just because this is a weird year and, and we had already lost one game, but it will be up there remembered in hard losses like the Orton fumble, uh, the Holy Buckeye. Uh, and I know it's different, but that it's gonna it's gonna be in that category just because it it hurt. I feel yeah. like it's in its own. Like those, like I feel like those were different because of they were actual plays that were like like, like the Orton fumble. That was like a play by the players. Yeah. This one yeah. was totally out of the. I mean, 
I don't know. There's so many ifs before. I mean, Minnesota has it too because they were right there. But I mean, Purdue's yeah. defense was garbage. Oh, well, they were garbage for three and a half quarters. Then they started to wake up when they really needed to. I don't. I don't know. Oh, and then the we'll drive. Yeah, whatever. we'll get into that. So. I guess we can. I mean, any more thoughts about that call? Or we can just move on and actually talk about uh, the other three quarters of the game. Yeah. I. I mean, I, I can't remember a call that made me literally have to take a walk after the game to not just just go ballistic in my house. I wasn't like it was when it happened. I didn't scream. I didn't yell. It was just one of those like, are you kidding? Like, are you kidding me moments? And then, but then just like, you just feel the rage just building and building. And then it was like at, at the end of the game, uh, seeing PJ flex stupid face. On, He's the worst. He's yeah. the absolute worst. Yeah. I had to, I turned it off. Um, I wanted to stay and watch. I didn't watch it. I watched Browns. As soon as they started interviewing that jackass, I turned it off and had to take a walk outside just mm-hmm. to calm down because it, yeah. it was. I I hate that sports can do that to me, um, but it is what it is, and it happened. No, we're all. I mean, I'm at least I'm right yeah. there with you. Sports definitely does it to me. Your podcast, and I know I know a lot of people uh, would say, especially during a pandemic year, you shouldn't be worrying about sports. Well, in a way. It's, it almost makes it where I'm more passionate in a way because just yeah. everything's so different out there right yeah, now. And know, like, it takes it my was, mind off of it for a couple hours. Yeah, it was it was kind of like, so I was thinking about it before. Um, I know, texting you guys, I know my girlfriend and I went to dinner right right when the game started. So I missed a lot of the first half. And I was like, you shouldn't be, you know, that, you know, you know, worked up about missing part of the game just because it's whatever. I was like, man, this is like, you know, we only have so much football this year. <laughs> right there with you, Thad. Yeah. Uh, Thad Moody said he about put a football through his wall after that play. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think the only Bernard and punched a hole in my wall. <laughs> um, but uh, it was like one of those things where I was like, man, you know, we've already lost a game. We already have limited number of games this year, you know, especially just the whole Rondale Moore factor of like, man, I like, I really want to like, it was just, I agree with you, Tan. It's like, it's, it's almost maybe more passionate. It's like, we just don't know how much we're going to have of this. Like and then yeah. the season could end tomorrow. Like they could yeah. call the rest of the season, you know, but yeah, it's just kind of those things where at first I was just happy to have sports and she'd be like, yeah, it's not going to matter. But now I'm like, okay, I'm all in. It was just kind of like, it reminded me a lot of a little off topic, a little off topic, but going back to the Virginia game, you know, like again, I was like on the drive down, I was like, man, we're in the lead eight. I am just happy to be here. I don't even care what happens. And then like, like an hour before the game, I was like, let's win this damn game. Like, I, yep. thing, uh, yeah. I was the same way. Like, yeah. I, when I got in the ums, and I'm like, screw yeah. it. <laughs> and but, uh, I don't want to talk about that game anymore. <laughs> no, that's for but, a basketball preview. <laughs> yes, yes, which we will be for Ooh, anybody yeah. listening or watching right now. We're going to be back. This is rare. We've never done this before. We're going to be back live tomorrow night for a basketball preview edition. We didn't want to put it all together, we didn't want this to be an extra uber long podcast. So, all the basketball talk will be saved for tomorrow. So this is just football only tonight, so it shouldn't be as long as usual. But uh, going back to the game itself, what were some of the pros, in your guys' opinion, what you saw Jack Friday Plummer. night? Jack Plummer was phenomenal. Cactus Jack played. I think that was his best game pretty uniform. He had a good one against Maryland last year, mm-hmm. but I don't know how he can play much better. That's the yeah. thing. Like, and I'm, I'm wondering, too, Like, was it just the horrific – Minnesota defense. I'm sure that obviously played part in it, but I mean, still, like, I mean, he was efficient. Um, he moved. He moved the pocket well. Yeah, he didn't yeah. hold. He didn't hold it long. I mean, he he made some. He made a couple plays. He didn't run as much as I kind of thought he would. I mean, he ran it. There was one like 
designed QB dive, I didn't really like, or QB yeah, draw, I didn't that. like. But yeah, I like the times when he moved out of the, the pocket. Execution was bad there. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really like it. But uh, yeah, you know, he he was able to extend some plays, which mm-hmm. is huge when you have playmakers out there. Um, I mean, I don't know, I don't, I don't. I don't also, think, yeah, I think the, he's the guy at least for Rutgers. But um, I mean, the I, fact that Connell didn't even O'Connell yeah, we don't even know that the extent yeah, of his injury. Um, which could so. mean like, oh yeah, he's day to day, but that means we'll see him next year. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's the uh, way and, Purdue injuries and, go. And who knows with the um, the leash? Brom's gone. The quarterbacks. I don't know. But yeah, I thought Jack played great. I, I really did. It made me, I don't know, what they do in practice or that maybe, like we talked about earlier a few weeks ago, that Brahm is just going to stick with one guy. But I was very surprised that we hadn't seen somebody else other than O'Connell before the Minnesota game. Well, and it, I got to think, how are the quarterbacks playing in camp if O'Connell won the job? Was Jack just turning it over a bunch? Or what was what was going on? What did I, they mean? I don't My thought is that, Brom was like, I'm gonna build it and just go with one guy mm-hmm. until until he clearly is struggling. Like O'Connell hadn't given a reason to come out. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. there were drives, but it wasn't yeah. like, okay, you had two two drives that we had to punt on, so I'm gonna go to Plumber. It's gonna be like, no, you're gonna figure it out and keep going. It's uh, Purdue football though. We can't get through a season with one quarterback. Very yeah. rarely does that happen. At least this year we have and 2009, I believe, are the two years I can remember. At least this year we have three semi-pretty experienced guys. Yeah, that absolutely. all seem capable yep. and yeah. Yep. How much? How much do you factor in? I don't know. Maybe I'm taking what you're going to talk about, Tanner. But how much do you factor in that Plummer had his full set of wide receivers with Bell, Moore? Oh, I think that yeah. Right. I mean, that, even Doru was back. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the offense was at full go as much as we've seen it all year. Yeah. And that, that helps big uh, time. Outside, outside the offensive line. Down yeah, guys. yeah, yeah. But that helps big time. The playmakers. Right? But I thought, yeah, I thought Jack played great. I'm just nervous that I still think he can play really well next week. But I don't know if it's going to be at that level. I mean, he went nine for nine on third down passing. That's incredible. Well, yeah. I mean, you take out if – so he finished 35 for 42, 367, mm-hmm. three touchdowns and a pick. Yeah. So had that phantom pass interference called not yep. been called, he would have been 36 – 36 for 41 yep. with about, I don't know, 390 yards. I don't know where that last and pass four was. Touchdowns, and no four pick. touchdowns. And four touchdowns, no pick. He's the Big Ten yeah. Offensive Player of the Week. Yep. Yeah. If that happens. Yeah. Yep. And 22 rushing yards. If, yep. Yeah. So, no, I was happy for him. Thought he played great. Um, I hope I hope to see him again. Like, and it was uh, fun. Of course, number mm-hmm. four being back on the field was fantastic. Um, yeah. I like that Brom said they tried to give him the ball the first play because they mm-hmm. wanted him to get hit. They yeah. wanted him to feel okay. He lost a yard on the first screen pass, but then after that, it was a reverse for like 33 yards. I thought he was going to break mm-hmm. the whole thing. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, and just having him and number three on the field at the same time, just so fun to watch. It's, yeah. we, we we need to enjoy it for the next few yeah. weeks. because I it's often Three more games. Tell us on Twitter, but there was that uh, at the end of the first half when – we had the reversal touchdown on Moore's reversal mm-hmm. touchdown. Some people saying, do you think uh, David Bell catches that ball? <laughs> I think so. Mm-hmm. I think, I think yeah. he got better hands. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do too. I think David, David, David's more of the deep threat too. Yeah. Know, I mean, Rondell's more of the quick guy, get the ball in the hands and let something break happen. tackles. Yeah. yeah Miss um, tackles. One thing I realized today was we only had outside of Horvath who had five catches for uh 50 yards. We only had four guys catch the ball. Rondell, David, mm. yeah. Bright, 
Payne Durham. Yeah, Payne Durham. Yeah. So Mon Anderson played a little, didn't get a ball. I did not see Jared Sparks on the field at all. If he did, I mm. missed it. Anthrop was out there, but never got a ball. I saw Miller a little bit. Yeah. Miller was out there a little so, bit. But so but I get it. I mean, you got Rondell out there and David Bell, you got to get those guys the ball. I mean, Rondell had 15 catches for 116 yards. David had eight catches, 104 yards, two touchdowns. Milton, three catches for 57. Horvath, five for 50. And Payne, four for 40. So, and you still, you got to get to your playmakers. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, I mean, more time to jail this week in practice yet again. And, and, and we can see even more explosive offense and mm-hmm. against Rutgers. Cause I, I thought the offense was good. I mean, they were, definitely did good enough to win the game, but once again, some red zone woes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they kind of shot themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. That's kind of, that's one complaint I have over the Brom era in four years is the red zone offense just hasn't been very good. Yeah. Especially with so many weapons, you'd think it'd be, you know, much more, way more efficient, but yeah. I, I think having Rondell would help that just because like you said, he creates so much and, Given he catches it three yards from the line of scrimmage and then he makes the mm. guy miss and then he gets 10 yards or something. Mm. So, um, I feel like just once you compress everything, that's that would, um, I guess I don't remember really the play call of what happened. I know the obviously the block kick, the the missed kick, but other than the I, field goal, I think, that, ended I think up, that was but, just a low <clears> kick. Oh, yeah, yeah, it would not have gotten over the line. I, I mean, think. it, it would have hit like a lineman had it. Not <laughs> been blocked, like, they had like four guys up there through the line yeah. already, though. Yeah, so even if he kicked a little higher, I don't know if it gets blocked or not. I guess I just don't remember like the the series that led up to it of those like the two or three play calls before right. that led to the stalling and the. I mean, he goes back to the run game. I mean, like where this the run game actually wasn't bad against. We just didn't stick didn't, with it. No, but I mean, what Horvath had what like ten carries or something? Yeah, ten, 10 carries, carries for sixty-eight yards, yards and uh, more had three Daru. for twenty and a, and a touchdown. Daru had seven for fifteen. Yeah, so that's twenty-five and plus Jack five for twenty-two. Yep. So twenty-five for one twenty-five. So five yards a carry. Yep, pretty respectable. Pretty good. Yep. Just yep. only twenty-five carries. But nope. Purdue didn't have the ball that much. No, so did, we we couldn't, couldn't get, get him off, off the field. field. On third third down, they kept picking up. And I am, will be so glad when Tanner Morgan graduates. That guy's a Purdue killer. We talked about <laughs> Ramsey being a Purdue killer. I mean, he didn't throw any touchdowns, but he also didn't throw any picks. He was 15 for 22 for 264. Remember last year, he was 21 for 22 against us. Mm-hmm. He just picks us apart. I just – Drives me nuts. <laughs> um, and because we kept Bateman in check, four catches for 59 yards. But um, Autumn Bell went off for five catches for 129. Ibrahim, um, he had three touchdowns, but he only had 102 yards and 25 carries. He still got over 100 yards, but yeah. really kept him in check more than other Big Ten defenses had been. But the difference between when they scored seven points last week against Iowa was Iowa turned them over a bunch. We didn't get any turnovers. And that's what – Purdue's defense has been the last the first couple weeks yeah. with the turnovers. Iowa, that's yeah. I mean, bunch turnovers killed the Iowa, and that's why Purdue was able to win that game. And then Illinois, the same thing. Turnovers is why Purdue was able to hang on there. I thought Thad Mooney had a good comment here about Jack Plummer. The O line has to give him the same amount of time if he's ever going to play close like that again. I agree. I agree. And Minnesota's probably the worst defense we're going to play. I don't know. Nebraska's defense looked pretty bad yesterday, but uh, Indiana's got good defense. Um, Rutgers defense is competitive. Um, yeah. and, uh, we got a question here about Rutgers. Um, does Rutgers off 
offensive explosive ability give us pause cause of uh, concern, I guess, with the secondary not locating the ball Friday. I mean, I watched a little bit of the Rutgers Michigan game last night. They they got some speed. They got yeah. a mobile quarterback. They got some speed on the outside. They play loose, free, mm-hmm. a lot of trick plays. It remind me a lot of us in 2017. Mm-hmm. So they're they're dangerous. I mean, we're a 13 point favorite, mm-hmm. but they, uh, they play hard. Um, they do. I said I watched. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah I watched <clears> the <throat> end of that Rutgers Michigan game. I, I watched the overtimes, and I mean. It was fun to watch. I mean, just the whatever the little time I did watch, I liked. I watched. I was excited when Rutgers' offense was on the field. Um, Shiano's so, going to be a problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he is. Um, yeah, the, I mean, I've I you know in our group chat, I've, I've, I'm really frustrated with his defense. Um, where it's not getting a pass rush. I mean, part of that's just three down linemen. Um, I mean, having Big George, you know, really not. I mean. He was out there a little bit, He's but not 100%. yeah, you, you, you saw he was never down in a three point stance. I think probably because it's just it, that puts a lot of pressure on that ankle, trying to explode off the line there. Um, I mean, yeah, it just wasn't. I'm just not getting pressure. Uh, well, this was the worst the defense had played. I thought they took a big step yeah. back this game. Yeah. When did Mitchell? When did Mitchell go out? Like, Early. Did, I didn't. I didn't see him like at all. He like, was like in for like four or five plays, and yeah. then Brom just said he got hurt after the game. He didn't say what. Didn't say how long. He I was wonder, on the sideline still, but without pads. I wonder if he was a game time decision coming in, and it just wasn't because yeah. he was banged from the week before. Yeah, we definitely missed him. We were missing Anthony Watts mm-hmm. up up, yep. up front. Um, yeah, we just yeah we just can't get to the quarterback. It's frustrating. And it's not it's not getting better. Did no. you guys know that I didn't – when we were talking about that in the group text, I don't know if it's the Diaco scheme or what. I didn't see or really notice a single, like, blitz, like a linebacker yeah, blitz, blitz. DB, until, like, until, like, the third quarter. Like, there was yeah. one blitz, like, early in the third quarter, and it forced Morgan to throw a bad throw. And I was like, holy crap, we blitzed. And I was like, that's the first time I've noticed – I feel like somebody we back bit. there. I think we blitzed a little bit, especially in the fourth quarter, and we got burned. Yeah, yes, times. but like, but the first yeah. quarter, first second quarter, was yeah. there anything? Yeah. He <clears throat> says three man front doesn't set Neil up to do anything when it gives them a chance to double him easier than a four or five man front. Hundred percent. Yep. Pretty much. But, but Neil Neil had a good fourth quarter. I mean, the he defense did. played pretty well in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. I, I, the first three quarters was garbage. I'm still disappointed by the. Defensive backs, they're just yeah. not. Kim Allen's playing well, but the rest just aren't consistent. Yeah, there there were some pretty ridiculous catches though. There some was balls thrown Corey up. Corey Trice that, was playing good coverage, and, and they just yeah. kept making tough catches on behind him. him. Yeah, but I'm stunned that they kept catching. I will but. say one thing I like about Diaco more than Holtis, he uses a lot more guys. He's mm-hmm. subbing guys in and out all the time. I'm um, keeping them fresh. I do like that, but uh, the defense got to have to be up to the challenge to respond this week because. Um, they just did not play well. Yeah, I feel like they were, this is just from my point of view, but I feel like we were just waiting for Minnesota to to make a mistake, and they just weren't. I mean, I, I, even listening to an interview with one of the beat writers for Minnesota, even he was saying a lot of times with Minnesota, it's just a matter of time before that, before Tanner Morgan makes an errant throw or whatever it is, and I just feel like he just wasn't doing that. I mean, yep. he had a good day. Yep. Um, but I just, yeah, I mean, like we talked about already, you know, our defense has been great when we've been able to force turnover things. Is what this is? Is this Cam Allen's first game without a pick so far this year? Is he has yep. every game. Um, I feel like we weren't really batting balls down that much, or you know, disrupting passes all that much. I feel like they're usually getting a pretty clean catch a lot of the time. They only threw seven incompletions. 
Yeah. And I just feel like we're just kind of just playing back on our heels a little bit and kind of just, I mean, keeping it in front of us, but yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just not a big fan of the bend don't break. We're, we're just bad. At, we keep digging ourselves in the hole every, yeah. every game. It seems like except I'm, almost, and- I'm almost, so at least the last two games, I, I don't really remember the first two, but I know the last two we've deferred to the second half, which I'm, yeah. mad, I'm always about deferring the second half on Madden. But that's sure, mad. me too. I, but. Feel like, I feel like, I don't know, maybe next game if we get it, you know, put the offense on the field first. Because yeah. maybe I don't, I don't know if the defense needs to wake up or what, I have no idea. But yeah. it's like the last two games, the, the first defensive possession or the first defensive series we had, the team just marched down the field very easily. Yep. Then um, besides the defense, special teams wasn't good. Yeah. Dellinger had his – poor guy had his worst game. I mean, he had been nailed yeah. for really the last season and a yeah, half. Yeah. And, but he just wasn't good. He missed the block – not only the block, but the, the chip shot, 33-yarder. He got to hit that and mm-hmm. missed it. Um, turn game didn't do anything. I felt like Sheffield yeah. didn't get anywhere. We did see Marcellus and- Moore make his first career play, but he bobbled the kick return on the very first one and didn't see the field the rest of the game. I don't know if that was – I'm guessing he had to be nervous and excited and would just yeah. want to make a play. But I was surprised to see him on the field because Brom literally just said he wasn't ready, and then we mm-hmm. threw him out there. But hopefully he gets another chance. Yeah. Um, I'm still hoping for Malik Carr to get a chance. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. still banged up or what, but I want to see him out there as well. Yep. I want to see more Garrett Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Just well, a lot know, of weapons. Plays, you know? And really, know. most of these weapons we'll see and, much next year after Rondell's gone. But. And actually, I don't really – I mean, you, I don't I can't fault the offense. I mean, the offense no, scored – They did enough. They scored 31 points, but it should have been more. I'm going to say 38 <laughs> points, and it should have <laughs> been, been, been 45 yeah. Yeah. or something. Yeah. But still. Um, this was uh, on the defense. <clears throat> and, and somewhat special teams. And the refs. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And the side judge. I, I'm – Still gonna say, yeah, Purdue's defense didn't play well, but the refs they they did enough to win. That was yep. yep. Whatever. So but uh any other takeaways around the Big Ten before we pick pick games for this next week? I mean that eight hmm. <laughs> uh I at halftime of the IU Ohio State game, I thought that game for sure was yeah gonna be over. I kind of stopped watching for a little bit and then I was listening to it. I went to go get lunch or something, and I think I think IU got down fourteen, and then they threw a pick six. I was like, "All right, that, this is where the game ends." And then Ohio State just—I mean, Fields. We were kind of texting during the game. Fields is making stupid plays. I don't know if it's just because he hasn't been. I mean, I guess I keep thinking like this is really his first time facing adversity. But they played Clemson in the college football playoffs, so that yeah. was definitely some adversity. But I think definitely the first time this year that they've seen really any. I mean, decent team. I mean, a decent team. I mean, he's definitely no slouch. Um, they've got a great defense. I mean, Penix was just tearing them apart, tearing yep. the secondary apart. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, I thought it was, I was kind of hoping they would cover the spread and they made it really interesting at the very end. I, when, yeah, it was 35 to seven at halftime. I was like, all right, it's going to be feel a little better because Ohio <laughs> State's going to win 70 to 17 or something. Yeah. I'm like, all right, it'll make me feel a little better. And then, like, so just kept watching. It's like this worse. I thought Ohio State kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit, and I can't stand them. But I'll give uh, Allen some credit. He gets those guys to fight, and they don't give up. Yeah, and he actually got some talent this year. So all right, all right, that's enough. I don't. I, know. I, I hate it. I hate it. I I hate it. But um, yeah, besides that, 
Penn State's garbage. Penn State was trash. I hate to see it. 0 and 5. They are awful. First time 0 and 5 in program history. Nebraska's garbage. Nebraska uh, is garbage. I didn't watch any of that game. Uh, Illinois just pounded them. And Illinois looked a lot better. I mean, they're finally healthy. I mean, Peters Denver is back. Is they back, got their guys yeah. back. They looked a lot different. Um, Michigan got a much needed win. Um, you thought they won the friggin' national championship, but they were celebrating at the end of that game. Well, I, I, I was their coach. I yeah. was stunned. Like I wasn't watching that game and I was just following along like, oh, Rutgers, Rutgers gonna win. Holy crap. And, and then, then I just kind of fell apart. I think I misread the score. Quarterbacks, like second quarter, and uh, yeah, that backup did good for Michigan. McNamara, he, he ripped it up. He was yeah, good. he he's uh, the guy. They need a Milton's not working out. I I definitely didn't realize that Michigan won that game until today because I definitely read that score as forty eight forty two Rutgers, and I was like, oh, ha ha, suck at Harbaugh, and then I was like, wait a minute, I think that said Michigan. I think oh, I saw it this morning. Yeah, no, it popped up. Missed kicks. Michigan yeah. missed. The- and then Rutgers had the game winning kick. They, oh, I was watching there. I don't know what they were doing, but like, I mean, the announcer's like, only thing you don't need to do is just do not get negative, negative yards on these plays. Yep. And they had one play there. They tried to run a screen, got negative yardage. And then on third down, instead of just running, like running with the run, they, they ran it with their quarterback and he lost yep. another couple of yards. So it's like, you yep. wonder like when, when that kicker missed it, I wonder if that those four to five yards if those would have made a difference if whether that that would have kind of snuck in the upright. I yeah. don't know if it would have, but yeah. every every yard matters when it comes to field goals. So yeah, so it was a uh, uh, it was an interesting yeah. weekend in the Big Ten for sure, and it's going to be another interesting one. And, and of course, Northwestern good one for them. They're for real. I don't yep. see them losing until they meet up with Ohio State. And heck, if they win that, they're in the playoff. This is nuts. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but Fitzgerald had to complain about something in the in the in the post game, of course. Right, what did he complain about? What there did was Scott a reporter, Frost you know, Joey Galloway was kind of ripping Northwestern at halftime, and then he took a he took a shot at Joey Galloway after the game. Yeah. So it's like, dude, just just worry about your team. What did uh, what did Scott Frost say after his post game interview? I don't, I don't know. know, but shout out to the Illinois Athletics Twitter account. <laughs> Until they, they took it down. They took it down, you bunch of wussies. Yeah. I bet Keep I guarantee a Whitman made him take it down. The AD. Yeah. Whitman. Yeah. yeah. Because Scott Frost was saying all week how much respect he had for Lovey Smith and blah, blah, blah. Guarantee he made him. I think Lovey saved his job, though. I, I don't see him getting fired. Yeah. Well. I think, yeah. Webby, you need, to, you need to explain the tweet to our listeners. Yeah. Here. Yeah. 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 What was it? Uh, it was uh, so after the game, the Illinois Athletics Twitter account tweeted out, uh, "What is it like good game, Nebraska? Thanks for what I did for getting football back or something like that." It was thanks for bringing the Big Ten back. Yeah. It was fantastic. It was beautiful. The, the pettiness is amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it just this everybody, just the collective effort of everybody in the Big Ten trying to dunk on Nebraska is my favorite part of them being. The Big well. Ten. And Maryland and Penn State, or not Penn State, Maryland and uh, Iowa got to dunk on Minnesota on social media the last two weeks. Then yeah. we didn't get to, but they, they went after them too. So yeah. you can tell the two programs that are rough on the feathers of everybody else. Yeah. Do you think Purdue would have done anything like that had Purdue no. held on? And won? No. I don't especially think because, no. especially because Minnesota went ahead and still wanted to play after having 20 yeah. guys out. Yeah, I mean, kudos to them for that. Um, they could have been like Barry Alvarez. No, we're not going to play. Or, or like Florida, Florida State. State. That's oh embarrassing. Gosh, that was I, saw, I saw Dabo, Dabo. I haven't looked at it, but I saw a notification come across my phone earlier that Dabo went after Florida State. 
Like, As he should. There was one yeah. player. You're you're delaying the inevitable. You're gonna yeah. get killed. Yeah. Like just man up and take it. <laughs> that program has fallen so much in the last six years. Yeah. It's unbelievable. National title to two and six right now, or whatever they are. So we got a question um, here from Mooney. Okay. Who's whose seat's hotter? Frost or Harbaugh if they don't turn this year around? Harbaugh's gone into this year. In one way or another. I think I think I think he takes it. I think he's taking an NFL job. I don't know if the NFL. Why would the NFL want him? I mean, why does the NFL want a lot of people? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, why is uh, why not go after the Matt Campbells of the world or something? I mean, what's his what's his face in New York to the Jets? Yes. Uh, yes. Why the hell does he have a job? I mean, they because they know if they <laughs> fire him, the assistants get a monkey around and win enough games that they don't get Lawrence. <laughs> so they're like, we got to keep this idiot. They were, they were in place. looking for the playoffs today. I think Harbaugh is. They only lost by six today. The Chargers almost pulled the Chargers again and almost <laughs> lost the game. I think Har- I think Harbaugh either take. I think he takes the first NFL job that comes after him, or I think they amicably split. Unless unless he where does he go? I don't. I don't know. Takes it takes a year off. Gets paid a, a crap ton of money. Goes, goes back sits, to TV. Sits next to Urban Meyer on Fox. I don't yeah. know. Um, if Urban doesn't go to like Texas or something first, I, I, I think. Well, Frost isn't gonna. I Frost's Frost big does. year's next year. Next year's huge yeah. for Frost. I think. I think, yeah, it, I, think, I think next year you got Frost and uh, we've talked about already. Brian. Franklin. I think, I think Franklin. It depends what happens with uh, this. These allegations. Yeah. Really. I mean, Franklin's always a name that seems like he can jump to like USC or something if it comes yeah. open. But he's done a good yeah. job. But yeah, they, they can't be happy right now. They were number eight yeah. in the country, and I mean, but also you can look. I mean, they had a guy, one of the best players, opt out. But one of the best players in the country opt out before the year. But again, it's your Penn State, and you've got more talent on probably your second, your second team, mm-hmm. and a lot of other mm-hmm. teams' uh, first string. Yep. Um, but Brown, think, Brown, next year's huge. Yeah, Brown. I think I think Frost yeah. and Brown have the two biggest years next year in terms of what's at stake. I think I I I'm gonna stand firm. I think Carball's gone after this year in one way or another. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I don't think he gets fired. Like I said, I don't think they can do that. Um, just because how much they freaking pumped him up and talk about him returning them to glory and all that. Michigan um, man. Yeah, I don't think they ever fire him, but I think they just agree to hey, this is not working out. Let's part ways, and then he takes a year off and does analytic work for someone or he, I think he takes an NFL job. I think someone's going to offer him money. I mean, someone, I mean, you got, I mean, with the Texans jobs going to be open, Atlanta's probably going to be open. The Jets jobs going to be open. I mean, who else? Some, Chicago some might be open. Be, some other job will be surprised. <laughs> Den, Den, Denver could be open. He can come back it to Chicago. Sh- cool. Sh- shouldn't, but um, it could be, I think today kind of helped maybe not be, but anyways, um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. And in Brom, I don't think he's in jeopardy of getting fired. But no. he's next year in a full season. Hope you know, fingers crossed, we get a normal season, twelve game, everything. <sighs> it's time to take a step. It's really yeah. time. Like we're paying but, you a lot of money. So I think after, I mean, really after this year, unless obviously someone like a Neil comes back, but he'll pretty much be done with all of Hazel's players, won't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Unless like, and like someone like a Neil comes back again. Yeah, because they can. Which, which is why this Minnesota game feels so crappy. Because I like, yeah. I think it I does. said last week, this felt like a needed to be a turning point. It does for the program yeah. because this was a game that Purdue needed to win. It shows like they're the better team. Like mm-hmm. this is a game that you win, 
and they did. They did enough, just enough to win. Then wasn't allowed to happen, but they did. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's like I mean, you're obviously the kind of the I mean the pinnacle of the conference, at least in the division, is Wisconsin. But obviously Northwestern knocked them off. But I think it's those it's the Minnesota games, it's the Iowa, it's Northwesterns that are really the the true I think benchmark <laughs> games because they're they're the people we're probably competing with the most aside from because yeah. Wisconsin. Obviously, we know the history with them. Um, I think those are the games where it shows are we making improvements or not to take well, that think, next step. Yeah. Yeah. Think about this: if Northwestern wins the West, that's two of the last three years they've won the West. Yeah, so they're they're right there now, and they're a pain in our butt. We haven't beat them at home since '07. Yeah, Minnesota's been eight of the last nine times, I believe. Now we do but pretty we, well against Iowa, but we own yeah. Iowa. Yeah, we, we do. That's the one. All of a sudden, we're starting to own them. But we, of course, everybody knows Wisconsin owns us. But like you said, it's Minnesota in Northwestern on the ones all of a sudden we can't beat. Yeah. And that's frustrating. Um, my dad, we, we, he and I were on a text message with one of our friends yesterday, and he said pretty much. He said, the call last night will stay with me for a while. It's the difference of being a contender or an afterthought. In my opinion, it could set program back for a long time. Had a chance to go one and three with two variable winnable games coming up. Purdue could start getting the publicity that Northwestern and IU are now getting. Recruits, recruits noted that stuff. One made-up call, and those opportunities are gone. Because he thinks the ref threw the flag to make up for the one that they threw for us when they called pass interference on when Jack was just trying to throw it away. Mm. That led the to the series before. Was that the series that led before? To the field goal. Yeah. yeah, that was a pretty bad call too. But uh, yeah, it's it's hard telling. I mean, it, it, what a difference between two calls. Indiana has a call go their way against Penn State, and that's was, a difference. Right now, they could be sitting with two losses, not does, near feeling as good as they are now, and we could I, be sitting feeling really good at three and one. I have no idea if this is true. I thought I heard someone say this. It's on Twitter. Did not fact check it. No idea. They said that they were the same crew that did our Minnesota Purdue game that did the IU Penn State game. I didn't that fact check the that. same crew. I, didn't see I, that. I, I, I saw that one yeah. place that said it was the same crew. No idea. But I was like, fire that crew if it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, before, I mean, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Nope. Nope. I'm, I'm not sure where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it was, yeah, it was. The frustration of just this is a game that I think to take a step forward. I mean, yes, you know, Minnesota's not what they were last year with with an eleven win team, but it's it's that, you know, PJ's, you know, he's kinda he's had our number since he's gotten there except for his first year. Um, you know, as a total in the last decade, which obviously, you know, four of those years were just an absolute dumpster fire. But I mean they've they've owned us for a long time and that was this was definitely a chance to show again, show improvement, you know, and hope we we're hoping maybe you know, with um, after Northwestern loss, we would come out and just, you know, absolutely obliterate their secondary and just kind of make a statement, you know, have a statement game of, hey, you know, this is, that was not us who played Northwestern and we're better than this. And we just didn't do that. And I think that's, I think that's definitely been the, um, uh, I think the, the problem with some of these Brom teams is games that, you know, that are, you know, critical for not, not necessarily standings, would just kind of just take that next step. I feel like we kind of, screw around and for a little bit. And then when it's time to get serious, it's almost just too late. Yeah. I don't, this year, especially it kind of seems like Purdue's kind of played to the competition. Yeah. Um, Like the Illinois game. I mean, we're we're really close to being. Oh, and four. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like we, the the Iowa Iowa game. I mean, we obviously the, the heroics of David Bell in that game, Illinois, we about, 
damn near threw that game away completely after being up what seventeen. Um, and obviously Northwestern game, and then this game. So we're that's that, that was that was kind of going to the game. Couple, I, sure how yeah. I was like, man, yeah, we're two and one going into this game, but it was like, man, we could also really easily be zero and three. So I don't know what that really means. Like it's, it's hard to figure out this team because sometimes we look fantastic, and then. Other times we look just pretty bad, and which is frustrating. So then you look at a team again like Indiana, who um, just I feel like they're I mean they're they're up every game, and they're like you know against like the the you know Michigan State they, they shut them out. Like teams that they're supposed to beat, they take care of business. I think it's frustrating. Penn, okay, Penn State did give them that game though. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about Michigan State in terms of the. I mean, yeah, Penn State gave them their game. Oh, sorry, you're talking about IU how they're up all the games. Yeah, so I just said that yeah, in like, terms yeah, of Michigan, Penn State Michigan gave State, IU that game. nothing. I mean, like that was a game that they're yeah. probably going to win regardless. But I mean, they they yeah. shut them out. I mean, Michigan mm-hmm. State's not good. Um, you know, with Rutgers, they handled them pretty easily. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, they hung in there with Ohio State, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we beat Ohio State, but it's you know whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we get into the picks. Um, Want to let everybody know that the Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by Mad Mushroom. Mad Mushroom serving Boilermakers since 1993, located in the heart of West Lafayette and is well known as the home of the original cheese sticks. Whenever I visit, I like to sit down and have an ice cold beer while trying out their latest pizza of the month, which is the pizza of the month this month. And November's running out, so you better take advantage of this. It's the Mad Chili Pizza. It's their signature hand-tossed dough covered in a house-made chili with onions, jalapenos, mozzarella, and cheddar cheeses, and finished with corn chips and the prices start at $13. So if you get one of those, tell them that the Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. And any Boiler Breakdown listener can also use the coupon code BREAK5. That's in all caps, B-R-E-A-K-5, to claim their discount online at madmushroom.com. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. All right, you guys ready to pick some games? Yes, sir. Sure. Friday, it's a one o'clock Big Ten game. Nebraska at Iowa. Iowa's 14 and a half point favorite. Iowa, and I uh, don't think they cover. Yeah, I think Nebraska responds. Uh, I think it's like a 10 point Iowa win. I think Iowa blows them out. <laughs> <laughs> I just. I we're we're getting and I know I think we talked about this um, last week, but we're getting to the point of season. These coaches, it's a yeah. hard objective to get these guys up. What's Nebraska up for? I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, they had recruits tweeting about the program the other day. Yeah, it was really, not good. Yeah, they, they really. it was not good. So, oh boy. And then their fans were responding to the recruits. Their fans <laughs> were making. Idiots of themselves yesterday. Yikes. Just go on Twitter. Just type in Nebraska. Just look at the threads. <laughs> it's hilarious. If you don't, if you you know, if you're not in the TikTok, take it away your time. Just do that on Twitter. Um, I think I I think I was playing well. I'm glad we I, played them yeah. when we did. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just gonna keep getting better. Maryland at Indiana. Assuming this game happens, Maryland's missed the last two weeks due to COVID. They're not gonna win the Big Ten, but if they I mean, technically, they're not out of the Big Ten East race, but if they yeah. miss one more game, they will be. I don't have a line on this game. I've got. I'm sure I. Yeah, I've got IU by 14. That's that what the line is. And I, I would think say IU. I think they win and they cover. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping uh, Tua's brother tears him up, but I mean, ESPN matchup predictors got Indiana with an 88 chance of winning. I think I think IU covers. Yeah, IU's remaining schedules: Maryland and at Wisconsin, then Purdue. So. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, man. Come on, Wisconsin. Bring yeah. me some hope. Ohio State at Illinois. Ohio State's a 29-and-a-half-point favorite. A line I looked good yesterday against Nebraska, but I think Ohio State comes out and makes a statement. Yeah, I think uh, – don't think they cover that, though. That's a large I, spread. I think they do. I think, they, I, I think I think yeah, it's with how they play against Indiana, where they just kind of just you know they their defense backs got exposed. They defense yeah. did not look great, which is weird given the talent they have. I, I mean, know it. it's I, yeah, I mean, they I mean, Penix just picked them apart. I'm uh, with you, Tan. I don't think they cover. I think I think honestly, part of it too is their scheme because they only play. I think most of them they only play one deep safety, and so yeah. if if that, if that corner gets beat, which Fry and was kicking their butt every single time, like just one move and he was by them. That's a, I'm, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that scheme, but whatever. It works for them apparently. But uh, I think, I think they make a statement and I think they went by 35. Penn State at Michigan. So we got 0 5 against 2 and 3. Uh, Michigan's Man. four point favorites. I think Michigan wins and covers. I I don't see Penn State. Yeah, Penn State not. I, I mean, I think who does Penn State have left? They they do have Michigan State and Rutgers. Damn it! Um, <laughs> but Rutgers, Rutgers is a joke. I know, um, but they, they have Rutgers next week and excuse me, Penn State the week after. And, and so they Penn, could be. Oh, that'd be awesome. Penn State lost their weapon. Firemuth, their tight end, is out for the year. He got hurt Saturday. He's done. They made a quarterback is, too. They took, they took out Clifford. Or that, was that last week they took Clifford out? They took out? Clifford out last week, and then he came back in yesterday. So it would be it'd be freaking awesome to watch Penn State go to their final game 0-7 going into the yeah. Michigan game. Because I, I think I'm, I'm going to pick Michigan, and I'm probably yeah, going to pick Rutgers next yeah. week. Michigan, I think Michigan, right now. I think Michigan by 10. Uh, the battle for the, for the axe, Minnesota at Wisconsin. Uh, Minnesota's two and three. Wisconsin's two and one. Graham Mertz did not look so hot last night. I swear that it's uh, this week and not the last week of the season. Because this is usually the rivalry game, isn't it? Usually it's the same. Week yeah, we would usually be playing the bucket game this week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, like the Iron the Iron Bowls this weekend, Auburn, Alabama. They didn't switch that to the end. So it's weird. What's the, what's the line? I hope it's Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 21 and a half. Good. I hope I was hoping large. I want Wisconsin huge. I freaking yeah. hate PJ Fleck. <laughs> I think Wisconsin was bound to cover. I think it's like a I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. And I feel dirty for one PJ Fleck at one point in 2016. I agree. Oh, what, yeah. Watching that game, I was just like, why the heck would he want this bozo? I mean, it's, that's the thing, is like he's just he's just so phony. I just don't I mean like you look at like, someone like him and when Tom he sprints. Allen, yeah, like sprints. Him, him and Tom Allen are very similar in terms of like their mannerisms and just like their overall energy, but I feel like with PJ, it's, it's just all fake and manufactured. Where I feel like Tom Allen, you can tell Tom loves his team, he yeah, loves his program. Uh, Tom Allen and Tom Crean, very similar, just weird guys, but weird guys, but yeah, generally nice people. I feel yeah. like whatever, yeah. and like genuine, like actual people versus yeah, flex, just people. fake. Yeah. And yeah, he's a used car salesman. Yes, yes. Then the uh, 3.30 game got number 19 North – well, number 19 at, right now, but they'll move up. Northwestern at Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State had a week off. Uh, Northwestern's only 10.5-point favorite here. I mean, their offense isn't anything to write home about, but – Michigan State's I, not good. No, they're not. They're not good. I mean, are we going to see – Northwestern's defense is pretty see? good. Yeah, I don't – I think Michigan State gets shut out again. <laughs> oh, my. I can yeah. see that. I mean, they got I could see that. Indiana's a good defense, uh, yep. but Northwestern's better. 
So yep. way I, better. I think yeah. Northwestern. I think Northwestern covers that I, pretty I, easily. I, I, could, I could see this being like a seventeen to nothing game. Yep. Oh, now, I think they score more than that. There's uh, no actual night game. We are the latest game next Saturday at four o'clock on FS1. Uh, Purdue yeah, hosting it's Rutgers. It's gonna be it's gonna be, not, it's gonna be dark. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Halftime will be dark. Yeah. I am surprised by this line. This is the second time we've ever played Rutgers. We lost fourteen to twelve back in um, 2017, which was an awful, awful loss. Um, we're the only Big Ten school that has not beat Rutgers yet in football. Yay. So we got our chance. <laughs> Uh, I've got us as 11 point favorite. Um, who's the quarterback? Who do you think starting? Is it Palmer? Yeah. I think Palmer. I think so. I don't know how yeah. you can after that performance, even yeah, if Aiden's ready to go. Um, I mean, I've got to pick Purdue. I mean, I can't not do it. Um, God, I hope we cover, but I just I feel like it's gonna be like a seven to ten point game. We've been in a one possession game every every game, yeah. so why is it gonna yeah. change now? Yeah. Why it, it would never never expect an easy a nice easy Saturday afternoon, Saturday night game. No. Is it weird though? Part of me thinks we're gonna win easy. Because uh, yeah. I think yes, I think we've, we've 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 lost two in a row, and I think they're gonna have grueling practice this week. And Brahms really gonna he'll bring up the 2017 game, even though some of the, a lot of these guys weren't on that team. Um they talked about, about Minnesota. They freaking yeah. Minnesota them like to bring up bring up that one. It didn't work for the defense. Yeah, they brought up Illinois all week. Uh, exactly, K- kind of. I mean, they <laughs> <stuck there. laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we got the win. I mean, we came, yeah, came out with the loss. Uh, I, yeah. I I think Purdue wins. I think it's going to be close, just because I have no confidence in the defense at the moment. I think yeah. the offense is going to keep rolling. Yeah, um, I think the offense is going to be fun to watch the rest of the year, no matter who yep. they're playing. That's fair. Um, but I just think the defense has got to find something uh, to before I have any faith. That's fair. And we're going to do a couple of top 25 picks. But before we get into that, another sponsor of the Boiler Breakdown podcast is Webb's Family Pharmacy. Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, and North Manchester, Indiana. Webb's is happy to announce that they are providing flu shots by appointment right in your car. Simply call to set an appointment, and their friendly and caring staff will be happy to help you. For all of your high-quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services, check out www.webrx.com or give them a call. Webb's Family Pharmacy, professional pharmacy with a hometown touch. Boiler on. All right. Um, let's see. A couple good Friday matchups. Number 17, Iowa State at number 22, Texas. Texas is a one-point favorite. I've got Texas as a two-point favorite on the East. Okay. Six and two versus five. And First Texas in the Big 12 fans? versus third in the Big 12. Is Big 12 allowing fans? Yep. Okay. I'm going to pick Texas. I think Texas and they cover. Matt Campbell. Give me Matt Campbell. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. I'm a big Matt Campbell fan. Uh, give me Iowa State. Number two, Notre Dame, uh, after their bye week at 6-2, and two, North Carolina. Notre Dame's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. That's surprising. Do they finally slip up before the yes. ultimate rematch? Nope. Yep. No. Nope. I want to say yes, but I'm saying Brown, no. I think Notre Dame wins. I they're, they're not going to lose to Wake Forest or Syracuse. No. So. 
I thought the ACC was garbage outside of. I didn't realize there was another ACC team ranked outside of Miami, Clemson Florida, Clemson. I guess yeah. But they don't play Notre Dame. Exactly. So. I was saying okay, Notre Dame's ACC. That's the one team they escaped. So yeah. Then you got the Civil War, number eleven, Oregon at Oregon State. Oregon's three and zero escaped a win against UCLA last night. Oregon State's one and two. Oregon's a twelve and a half point favorite. I think Oregon covers. Yeah, pretty yeah. easily. They oh yeah. Um, there's not a lot of good ranked games. You do have the Iron Bowl, number 23, Auburn at number one, Alabama. Alabama's 24 and a half point favorites. They did beat Kentucky by 60 points yesterday. <laughs> so just think about that, the spread there. So number one against number 22 and the spread is what? 24, 24 and a half. half. But then number two, Notre Dame against number 25, North Carolina is four and a half. North Carolina's I, not I, ranked. I had, I went, I, I got, got their 25 on mine. I got oh, no, I'm ranked. Mine. Maybe mine yeah, I've, got, I've got a three and a half on mine. So I just think that's right. interesting. Yeah. That, yeah. It, it, Alabama's head and shoulder better. Oh, yeah. That Notre Dame, the number two team, is that far behind. That, mm. that That's just ridiculous. I don't know. I think yeah. Alabama wins easy. Yeah, I think, I think they, they, cover. They, they cover. I don't know. I don't think they cover. I think it's always a close game. I, think, I don't think they cover. That's a lot. How about LSU at number five, Texas A&M? A&M's an 11 and a half point favorite. Uh, yeah, and they cover A and M, and they cover. Yeah, they're Jimbo's doing yeah. good things with that program. They just can't beat Alabama, but who can? Not too many yeah. people. So, yep. yep. Any other games you want to pick? I don't have any more on my. Nothing really that really stands out. I mean, Clemson's yeah. going to absolutely obliterate Pittsburgh. No, they're uh, mad. They haven't played in a while. That uh, was oh my gosh, that was so dumb. Florida State should be ashamed. Yeah. Embarrassed. Uh, yeah, nothing really that jumps off the page. Well, before we wrap up, the Boiler Breakdown podcast is also brought to you by Shroff Landscaping Nurseries. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact them today for all of your landscaping needs at 574 223 2769. Trophy landscaping design with you in mind. Any closing thoughts before you wrap this up? Does the Big Ten make an announcement or any kind of statement tomorrow? Yeah, they will. They'll apologize. They said they'll say they screwed up, but whoop the freaking do. It doesn't change uh, nothing. So I don't even care. I bet they don't. I bet there's nothing. Big Ten won't admit it. Webby, you muted your mic. My bad. Um, I don't think we hear anything. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think we might hear something like Brom talk to someone from the Big Ten, but I don't I don't think we'll see anything official from the Big Ten as as a as a you know public statement by any means. I well no, around eleven o'clock. That's the time of Brahms Monday press conferences every <laughs> week. So hey, at least we won't have to put up with any Rondell Moore questions this week. Which I, yeah. I did. I forgot to mention this. I thought that was very classy of him to come out, address the media for one minute. He didn't take any questions, but apologized to his teammates and staff, everybody for being a distraction. He did come out and say it was in the hamstring that he reaggravated. I thought that was pretty classy of him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and I'm not worried. I know a few people are worried now that he might just off back out after one game. He kind of proved what he can do. He doesn't need to play. I think he wants to play. I think he was having yeah. fun out there the other night with his teammates. I think he wants he, to play. He, he was much more. Um, I feel like animated might be the wrong word, but you could definitely like he was like you know smacking guys in the helmets, like mm-hmm. you know 
I feel like way more than we ever saw him do yeah. as a freshman or even even last year. Yeah. Every time we saw him, I think I think he was just I think you could tell he was thankful to be out there again with his teammates. Yep, he wants to play with David. I mean, they're yeah. a special pairing. So. Yeah, ones we definitely need to enjoy for the next three games, maybe four games for championship week. Because um, there are bowl, probably, I don't probably, know why he would play in a bowl game. Yeah, he probably recruited David pretty hard too when yeah. you know, we, were, we were going after him. Um, yep, I mean, he's helped yeah. us get a lot of players we probably wouldn't have got. Yeah, and um, otherwise, so. But uh, yeah, that's gonna do it for this episode. Please join us tomorrow around eight ish or so. Uh, basketball preview edition. Mm-hmm. We're excited about that. Hoop season gets underway Wednesday. It's hard to believe, but it is here. The Boiler Breakdown's ready to go. We'll get you all tuned up talking Purdue hoops and a little Big Ten hoops tomorrow. So join us for that. And if you're listening, you can expect that podcast to drop um, probably Tuesday sometime. So um, with that said, let's boiler up, hammer down, and uh, beat the Scarlet Knights. Boiler up. Screw the rest.